The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are now about to take a journey with professional advisors Ken Smith and Ethan Broga on Empirical Investing Radio. To connect with Empirical Investing Radio, please call 1-866-472-5790. Fasten your seatbelts. You're going to need them. Just because the hosts have a sense of humor does not mean their advice won't change your life. Good afternoon and welcome to Empirical Investing Radio. I'm Ken Smith, Certified Financial Planner and CEO of Empirical Wealth Management. Today is January 23rd, and I am sitting next to co-host Ethan Broga. Good afternoon, Ethan. Hey, Ken. Ethan is a CFP with a certified financial planner with a master's degree in financial planning. And together in this show, we are trying to share with you prudent investment and financial planning ideas to help you make smarter financial decisions. If you'd like to call in throughout the program, you can do so. And the number to do that is 1-866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. You could also shoot us an email throughout the program. And our producer, Simon Liu, here in our office will respond accordingly. You can do that through the contact at empiradio.com. Email address, that's contact at empiradio.com. And Ethan, if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit before we get into our financial discussion of the day, share a little bit about what we can do for individual investors out there. Yeah, you bet. You bet. Okay. Thanks, Ken. Yeah, if you are an individual investor out there, um, you perhaps you're looking for something as simple as a second opinion on your portfolio. We have the, the capability and desire to do that for you. Uh, if you're looking for perhaps a, a more longer-term relationship to help you figure out uh, the different aspects of, of retirement planning, cash flow planning, taxes, and investments. We also would love to get together and, and talk things over with you and see how we might be able to help. Again, we're fee-only advisors, so again, the only way we're, we're compensated is the, uh, the fee you would pay us directly, not through the sale of any types of products. Um, I also wanted to mention today we have uh, two seminars coming up next week up in Edmonds. We have one on Monday night, that's the 27th of January, at the Edmonds Conference Center. That'll be at uh, 6 o'clock, and we'll be presenting our Six Secrets to Retirement Success. And we also have another one scheduled for Thursday of the same week. That would be uh, January 30th at 1130 at the Edmonds Conference Center. Each presentation lasts about an hour, maybe an hour and a half, depending on the level of questions. Um, you'll be introduced to the six secrets idea that we put together a little while ago to kind of navigate uh, some of the tax strategies, Social Security strategies, and investment strategies that would help you maximize your retirement. So we'd love to have you there. You can make a reservation by um, just checking out our website and clicking on the link. Uh, we'd love to see you there. So if you want to give us a call throughout the week, you can reach us here in the office at uh, 1-800-923-4307, 1-800-923-4307. You can email uh, myself directly, ksmith at empirical.net. 
And Ethan, what's your email address? ebroga at empirical.net. That's it. That is it. We'd love to hear from you. And, uh, you know, we typically work with clients that have a reasonably high investable asset base. But if you're listening to the program throughout the week, and hopefully you're, you're picking up little ideas, uh, there are a lot of things that we talk about that can be applied on an individual level and can be applied um, managing your own investments, particularly if you're just getting started. We really love to help you get connected uh, to the right uh, investment strategy and also get some general financial planning. So don't be afraid to contact us and uh, we, you know, with no obligation or fees to have a discussion over the phone. Sure. Uh, or to email you into the get you into the right direction. We one of the reasons we're doing all this is to try to give back and to help everyone out there um, you know, plan out and map out their financial future. So we we want to be a part of that. Yeah, you know, can I, I'm, I might have uh, two cents on that as well. Yeah, there are, there are uh, folks from time to time that we get inter- introduced to um, that we definitely want to help, even if we can't work together uh, on a formal basis. That is, you know, get connected to accounts and and. Uh, that sort of thing. What we can do, though, is provide advice on an informal basis. And once in a while, I'm happy to do that. Um, so if there's a uh, person who's been introduced to me, uh, I just want to make sure they, they have the best solution that's available to them. So I, I will then spend the time to explain, hey, what their best options are, and so they can make informed choices on their specific topic of interest. Uh, for no, basically no charge is how that really works. Um, I'll spend some time talking with them, uh, with my background in education, put them in the right direction, and even come up with some specific recommendations when appropriate. Um, to help them on, on their path. Hey, then one of the things uh, recently we've had a pickup in in contacts is with a, we did a show a few weeks ago and we talked about uh, a mutual fund investment company called uh, Dimensional Fund Advisors or DFA funds. Mm-hmm. We've used uh, a variety of their funds in our client portfolios. One of a a, a large set of investment uh, management providers that will tap into for the resources and for the for the uh, diversification that they offer um, they've been in in the media recently one of their um, one of their key people Eugene Fama won a Nobel Prize and we talked right, about that right. and then they were featured in a, in a in a recent Barron's article which we'd covered on the program as a result of that I've had a lot of contact um, a lot of activity uh, you know from that and we are Listed on DFAs within their program is one of the advisors that are approved to to work uh, with the dimensional funds. There are a lot of advisors out there that do that, but um, one of the things I just wanted to point out, Ethan, is that um, you know, as you're looking for financial help or guidance, um, finding a company that simply provides you access to some particular investment product is probably not the best way of handling that, uh, and it's certainly not what we do. We'd much rather right. give you broader, broader guidance, uh, even if that meant putting a, a, a comprehensive financial plan together for you and relating that to an investment strategy. Um, you know, that's the type of work that we re- really uh, believe that people should be looking for. And um, you know, buying a particular fund simply because it's done well in the past um, outside of some kind of a, a comprehensive strategy uh, approach or plan, is is not been proven to be a, a very good strategy, and it's not something we're interested in. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you know, the other thing on that we're talking about, um, just we talk sometimes about recent client experiences or or investor 
experiences. Right. And you and I were both in a meeting recently, um, and uh, we were discussing. I just thought I'd share this. We were discussing um, various tenets of in investing um, and where the value uh, would be. You, know, you want, in this particular case, a person said, well, I think my philosophy and what I've been doing out on my own is very similar to yours. And my, uh, and he was worried, well, I hope you don't take offense. And I said, of course not. You know, My view would be you would want to engage an advisor. It doesn't mean you don't need an advisor or help just because they're actually implementing the research out there that, on how to invest properly. Um, in fact, you would, you would embrace an advisor that has a similar approach. Um, mm-hmm. as, assuming you're you're following a, an empirical process of of how how to invest. So anyway, right. Um, we we will share that story and that research with anyone willing to listen. Exactly. So what do you have, Ethan? I, I know you had a couple of articles today. You wanted to get into. Yeah, sure. I thought we could just start off by uh, an article uh, that was uh, uh, well, basically on on Bill Gross, the CEO, one of the CEOs from from Pimco. Uh, it was just a, a section on some of his recent messages about, about bonds, basically. Um, this was from a Think Advisor. It's a, um, uh, a website that I subscribe to that, that basically provides uh, just updates uh, and articles and things from the industry. So this one is entitled, Pimco's Gross, Fear Not Bond Investors. I thought it was kind of appropriate because in the last year or so, everyone's, well, a lot of people have been talking about, uh, about the returns for bonds looking forward. Uh, so I thought it would be a good, good time to talk about this. Uh, after a losing year, Bill Gross lays out a strategy he can, he says, can produce 34% re- returns in 2014. Reports of fixed incomes death amid rising rates have been greatly exaggerated. It seems to be the message from Pimco bond manager Bill Gross's first investment outlook of the new year, which lays out a strategy for positive returns in 2014. His monthly outlooks are often minded by investors for their insights, but this one was likely highly anticipated by investors who were perhaps wondering what the manager of the world's largest bond fund had to say after clocking out on a year with losing performance. And indeed, the fund was down last year. Um, though not mentioned explicitly, the PIMCO total return funds, uh, symbols PTTAX, uh, 1.92% loss percent loss in 2013, was certainly a subtle subtext in the investment outlook whose main focus was explaining fundamental concepts, including that bond prices fall when interest rates rise. Well, that's entirely true. And they did rise in 2013. The benchmark 10-year treasury rose 1.27%. It was a tough year for the entire asset class, but investors harshly punished PIMCO while drawing a record-breaking $41.1 billion in 2013 from the fund, which now stands at $237 billion in assets. I think it's one of the biggest funds around, right, Ken? Yeah, they are one of the largest uh, bond funds, you mean? Just mutual funds or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Right, I think it definitely is among the top, if not the top. Uh, when your annual return shows a minus sign, clients wonder why they should pay you uh, a fee to lose money. Gross equipped, adding, with interest rates so low, the odds of bond prices going up as opposed to going down are slightly tilted. Well, that's true, too. Any comments? I'll pause there before I move on. Any comments or, or on that, Ken? No, I, I think, um, you know, the context, you brought up this PIMCO article. In the news, uh, for those of you who don't know, the, the co um CEO uh, Mohammed El Arian mm-hmm. uh, is has announced that he'll be stepping down and departing Pimco. So I think that's kind of why we had it on our radar here with the Pimco articles, right? Exactly. Um, 
and they are a very large, actively managed uh, shop that their claim to fame has been in the in their bond portfolios. Indeed. Uh, article continues on. After those elliptic references to PTTAX's rough year, that's the again the symbol of the bond fund, PIMCO total return fund. Um, and a reminder that risk avoidance purchases of short-term treasury bills will, will yield the buyer just six basis points in today's environment. Gross builds a case for owning treasury bonds. Well, that's about a switch from where he was about a year and a half ago, if I recall. So that's kind of interesting. Um, acknowledging that the asset class is like a seesaw with its pendular upswings and downswings, uh, Gross insists an investor can make money during downswings by holding bonds with less duration and shorter maturities while focusing on credit curve, volatility, and currency-related characteristics. At the same time, investors should de-emphasize 10- and 30-year maturities that are, that are taper-affected gross rights. Uh, I think he's referring there to the, the tapering um, from the, the U.S. Fed, Federal Reserve, um, in terms of buying less and less bonds going forward. Well, Ethan, we've got to take a quick break, commercial break. Hold that thought, and when we come back, we'll finish our discussion about PIMCO and uh, Alarian. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at EmpiricalFS.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. Did you ever stop to think that financial health can be a lot like physical health? The financial physician, Luz Katigna, has helped people on the radio for nearly 15 years. And now he's part of the Voice America Business Channel. By using medical analogies to discuss financial solutions, Lou actually makes the process easier to understand and will help you chart your own financial fitness. Tune in to The Financial Physician, live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time, and on demand anytime on the Voice America Business Channel. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. All right, we're back, Empirical Investing Radio. Your host here, Ethan Broga, alongside Ken Smith. Uh, second segment of the show today. Um, 
thanks for joining us. We're just reading up on an article here uh, about uh, comments from, from Bill Gross, uh, PIMCO's total return fund manager. And uh, again, before I move on with that, any, any comments or, or questions on that? No, no, I, I have a couple articles or just an article here about the departure of LR Arian and, and then I'd like to just give our Great. view about active um, actively managed bond mutual funds and how that all fits in. All right, so I'll run through the rest of the article here, not, not too much longer, and I'll have some comments and then move on to the next topic here. But it uh, goes on to say, for those spooked by the Fed, seeming, the Fed's seeming pro-taper consensus, the bond manager reminds investors that 30-year bonds have already fallen 30 points since their July 2012 peak, and as that the short-term maturity strategy he favors is not dependent on a preordained Fed taper, but ride instead on the federal fund's policy rate. And that rate, in turn, turn is dependent on economic growth, the level of unemployment, and future inflation. Gross says that investors were jerk bond prices wildly in response to minor changes to unemployment, but no one seems to care what happens with inflation. But the PIMCO manager says inflation will be a critical monthly statistic for analyzing Fed policy in 2014, because Chairman Ben Bernanke and incoming Chairwoman Janet Yellen have told us so. Uh, with a Fed inflation target of 2%, while the current annualized rate is just 1.2%, Gross says the Fed won't reach that target any earlier than 2016. For that reason, Gross says his short maturity, one to five year strategy, with its grab bag of enhancements, should realistically yield a total return of 3 to 4% in 2014. Not the roaring 11% returns of the bond bull market, but some comfort for income investors. So that's the, the article there. And the, the summary there was hey, buy, or, buy short time shorter-term bonds, basically. Um, and I, I'm not sure what the grab bag of enhancement really means, but in, in some respect, not too far from what we typically do, which is hold maturities on average uh, five years or less with most of our bond portfolios and have, like, like we do on the stock side of things, have lots and lots of diversification. Uh, so we do on the bonds, too, owning treasury inflation, protected bonds, corporate bonds, you know, those sorts of things. Uh, any comments on that, Ken? Uh, no. All right. Um. Yeah, just the article I was just reading in Investment News uh, was about in seeking to stop departure. Gross told El Arian, "Hell no, uh, move forces Pimco to revisit succession plan. Has struggled to move beyond bond. Bonds continues." Uh, it says when Mohammed El Arian first told Bill Gross several weeks ago that he wanted to leave to recharge the batteries. The co-founder of Pacific uh, Investment Management was shocked and discouraged. Mr. Arian, 55 years of age, um, for years had been putting in long hours as the public face of PIMCO next to Mr. Gross, appearing in the office as early as 5 a.m., speaking on national television throughout the day, and responding to messages well past regular working hours. Mr. Gross, battling record redemptions from his biggest bond fund, tried to persuade Alarian to stay. From our quote, from our standpoint, he was doing a great job. Mr. Gross said in a phone interview. The answer we gave him was basically, "Hell no, you can't go." Uh, <laughs> Mr. Alarian viewed as the successor to the 69-year-old Mr. Gross and running the 237 billion dollar Pimco Total Return Fund, stuck with his decision to step down as chief executive and co-CIO. Of PIMCO, the move took investors and analysts by surprise and forced PIMCO to revisit its plans for a future uh, after Mr. Gross by naming two deputy COIs, CIOs, I'm sorry, to emphasize the depth of its investment talent. 
PIMCO will appoint several more investment professionals to leadership roles. Uh, I intend there to be a number um, of heirs, apparent, and for each of them to have assigned uh, asset roles on a global basis. Um, and, you know, I was reading another article, but both of their their funds, uh, if we look at the PIMCO total, had record withdrawals last year. $41 billion of money was pulled out of the PIMCO total return. Mm-hmm. And um, as investors fled out of traditional bond funds, um, they had $30.4 billion in net redemptions during 2013. Um Compared to deposits of sixty-two billion in two thousand twelve, you know, and what was interesting about that that statistic, Ethan, is that um, people were pulling money out of stocks, and putting them into those bond funds in two thousand twelve. After the market ultimately did very well, stocks did over. Th- uh, if you did spot a total market index, um, something like thirty-three percent right. for the year. Yeah, and. Um, now you have money that's being pulled um, out of bond funds, but only after the market had done well. It wasn't like the market had been going down and then all those redemptions were happening. So right. people put put money into the bonds going into 2013, pulled it out. Yes. Um, and so yeah, the, the story on some of this, and the two funds that, um, that, that El Arian uh, – Kind of created these. There's a total global asset allocation fund and and another fund that he's involved in. Haven't done well at all, either. Um, the, and I, I can't find the exact number now, but uh, very poorly relative to the to the general market or even relative to peer uh, performance. I see. Um, it's in the bottom. Um, here it is. El Arian is listed as a manager of eight funds. Um, According to Bloomberg, the PIMCO Global Advantage Strategy Bond Fund, opened in 2009, run by Mr. Al Arian, has advanced 3.2% annually in the past three years, behind 53% of its rivals. Um, and according to Bloomberg, his uh, Al Arian's Global Multi-Asset Fund has gained an annual 6.5% the past five years, trailing 82% of similarly managed funds. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Um, the, the the real point on all of this with all the news in, in these funds, in my opinion, Ethan, is that um, one, if if true active management selection of bonds um, or uh, interpretation of the crystal ball approach, as we like to call it, yeah. of, of management, if it works over the long run, it's very hard, in my view, to impart that on to another manager. You know, if you think of Peter Lynch when he was running the Fidelity, if, if there was true talent there... Um, it's it's hard to impart that as you're departing on because new people have their own ideas, mm-hmm. um, and it's hard for those their, their own interpretations and it to in in my view to become a clone of someone who's outperformed the market for a long period of time. The other part of it is just because somebody has outperformed using a particular active or traditional what we call again crystal ball approach. Mm-hmm. Um, now you. I don't know if you covered it in that if it got covered in that article, but Bill Gross has been wrong and wrong big time. Yeah. Uh, not just little little areas of being like little mistakes. Uh, if you had actually took his advice at varying times and completely pulled out of the stock market because it was going to go down to three thousand or five thousand, whatever it was, right. these are mistakes that you would have made. That regardless of how much 
the PIMCO total return fund has beat some self-assigned benchmark that they created for that fund. If you actually follow the broader advice in some of the cases that he's given, it, it, it may take a lifetime to ever recover the, the, the returns you lost by being out of the stock market. Um, and having it currently somewhere around 16000 on it, where we closed today, sixteen one ninety seven. Instead of five thousand, we're at sixteen one nine. That's an enormous mistake. And so, to me, that the money that's flowing in and out of these um, bond funds is really misguided money. Um, it, you shouldn't be buying into the fund because for the last ten years, this manager has beat some standard index that they put out there. But for one year, they haven't. So we're pulling the money out. You know, if that if that was the case. Um, it's not even fair, you know, for L. Arian here for his being in the bottom eighty-two. Eighty-two percent of similar funds have beat his his fund, um, but you know, it, he has also said some things that haven't worked out. That's true, um, and, and I think the real point is that you know, Bill Bill Gross is worth about two billion dollars. Um, you know, he can make some outrageous statements. And at the end of it all, even if the whole PIMCO thing closed down, he's not worried about where his where his next meal is coming from. You know, he'll he'll be fine. <laughs> That's true. Um, and so, you know, my approach on the whole bond thing is that you you really need to understand that you know there, there's certain things you can do to increase bond returns. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the most, you know, there's a small amount of additional value to be had there. Um, over the long run, and it's really a function of how much credit risk you're willing to take, um, and how you structure that bond portfolio, and that really should be done in accordance with what your personal goals are for the for the fixed income. What I don't like about those total return type of funds is it's really not based on your particular individual needs. It's a, just a conglomeration of all kinds of different bonds that at any point in time can be changed based on predictions and that's where he got crushed right was the prediction about rates moving in one direction or another and ultimately what the fed was going to do that didn't come right didn't come to fruition right um so anyway that's all that's all i've got on on the whole bond thing okay fair enough should i move on to one of the other articles here Ken, or do you want to you might as well i mean if you got one you're passionate about ethan all right all right um um well, I have a couple here. One's about emerging markets. Actually, it's, it's basically uh, quotes and comments from uh, Mohammed El Arian, the, the PIMCO fellow we were just talking about. Uh, we have 10 steps to consider before rolling o- over an I- uh, into an IRA from a 401k. Um, why don't we try that? Okay. Let's, let's go to something different here. So 10 steps to consider before, rolling, before a rollover. Um, after warning firms that rollovers would be an, an exam priority this year, FINRA cautions investors on rollovers. All right. After warning firms that reviewing their qualified plan rollover practices will be an examination priority this year, the fiduciary, or sorry, the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, or FINRA for short, released Thursday an investor alert detailing ten steps to investors uh, should they de- take the, de- the decision to roll over an IRA. So that means basically moving money from your four hundred one k to an IRA rollover. In releasing the IRA rollover, ten tips to making a sound decision. Uh, FINRA's Senior Vice President for Investor Education notes that 
Workers and retirees should understand that in many cases, they don't have to act immediately regarding plan rollovers upon switching jobs or retiring. Take the time to first compare costs and investment options uh, can help you keep your nest egg from suffering unnecessary cracks. So that's, the, I guess, the first thing. Keep in mind you have some time, basically, to, before you have to make a choice on that. Uh, FINRA said in releasing its exam priorities in early January that staff will also examine firms' marketing materials and supervision regarding rollovers, as well as evaluate securities. Oh, we're heading up on a break here, it looks like. we got to take a quick break, oh, Ethan. Hold that thought, and we'll be right back. All right, you got it. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S dot com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. Are you a decision maker in your organization, a mid-level manager, or a team member? Stepping Stones to Everyday Success with host Kimberly Stewart is a program designed to provide you with tidbits and tools you need to achieve results no matter where you are in your organizational structure. Interaction is key, and you'll have opportunities to share your ideas, comments, and questions. Listen to Stepping Stones to Everyday Success, live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. All right, we're back. Empirical Investing Radio, your host here, Ethan Broga, alongside Ken Smith. We're just talking about an article uh, that was really produced by, by FINRA, uh, the federal agency uh, regulating um, brokerage firms and, and the like. Uh, want to talk about rollover options, so 10 steps to consider before rolling over. Um, so if you don't mind, can I dig into the, yeah, the let's top 10? In let's just go Real right fun. to the good stuff. The first thing, or the first tip that they offer is this. Evaluate your transfer options. You generally have four choices. You can usually keep some or all of your savings in the former in your former employer's plan, check with your benefits office to see what the company's policy is on this. You can transfer assets to your new employer plan if you like, and if allowed, or if allowed rather, again, check with the benefits department. Or you can roll over your plan assets into an IRA, or you can cash out your balance. So the one thing of, of all those you probably don't want to do is just cash out your balance. Uh, that'd be pretty disastrous tax consequence, usually income tax plus penalties on that. So 
really the other three options are, are usually the, the best way to go. Um, either leaving it there, uh, rolling over to a new plan, or putting it into an IRA rollover. I, I think in general one of the best things to do is like, you can evaluate the costs and expenses and things, but if you roll it into an IRA account from your 401k, you then have investment options that you probably don't have currently in your 401k. And a lot of times that can save you money in the long run. So just something to consider there. Uh, next thing here is minimize taxes by rolling Roth to Roth and traditional to traditional. No taxes are due if you roll over assets from, tra- from a traditional plan to a traditional IRA or if you roll over your contributions and earnings from a Roth plan to a Roth IRA. Well, that makes good sense. So if you contribute to a Roth 401k, uh, you can, you, those monies would be rolled over directly into uh, a single Roth IRA. So kind of like to like is the, the message there. Uh, think twice before you do an indirect rollover. With a direct rollover, you instruct your former employer to send your 401k assets directly to your new employer's plan or to an IRA, and you never have to handle the money itself. With an indirect rollover, you start by requesting a lump sum distribution from your plan administrator and then take responsibility for completing the transfer. Indirect rollovers have significant tax consequences. Now, the article doesn't go into details about that, but that certainly is the case. You really have, uh, my understanding is 60 days, actually, to have that money land finally into the rollover or rather the IRA, which it's intended for. If it doesn't make it within that period of time, guess what? The whole thing is, is taxes, income, and penalties would apply. So the, the safest bet, uh, way to do that really is do a direct rollover. So a, a trustee-to-trustee rollover or a custodian-to-custodian transfer is the way we like to do it. Any comments on that, Ken? No, I, I've seen that for many years now in the issues. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, there's no tax required to be withheld if you do a direct rollover. Right. Uh, from your from your employer to the uh, you know institution of choice that can house a qualified IRA account mm-hmm. rollover account and you have them uh, direct that money directly into that account um, much simpler and cleaner than you getting involved with taking a distribution and then work, working out the tax reporting of that later yeah I'd agree so yeah much better I I, I definitely would recommend that you do the direct. Yeah, in most plans, I've, I've, I guess I haven't involved with, been involved with every plan, but ones I have been certainly uh, have that as an option, so I would select that as well. Be wary of free or no-fee claims. Even if there's no cost associated with the rollover itself, there will be almost certainly uh, costs related to account administration, investment management, or both. So um, one of the things they, they are probably alluding to there, um, certainly on the investment management side of things, is that even inside the 401k, uh, if they have investments, usually they're mutual funds, and those mutual funds typically have costs associated with them. So that's one thing you're going to be want to want to be aware of is the cost associated with investing directly. A lot of times, four hundred one ks have have index options, and if they do, they're generally lower cost than your your more um, traditional types of funds. So that's something to consider. Any other thoughts on that, Ken? Yeah, I think that you need to understand the fees and expenses, no matter where your money is. So my advice is don't just understand it on the rollover. Um, if you're planning on rolling it, understand it at all times. Understand exactly what you're paying and, and where. Um, and so if you have a 401k and there are fees being deducted for the for the account, for the management of that, mm-hmm. uh, when and how is that working out? Because usually there are expenses in the 401k and the funny part about this is if Fender is putting this together together and saying before it's a it's a caution right before you roll um, understand the uh, 
fees and expenses, right? Both employer-sponsored and IRAs involve investment-related, and that's entirely true. And what's happened traditionally is the, the, the funds in a lot of plans, particularly for smaller companies, yeah. have been far more expensive than what you could purchase outside of the 401k because a lot of the plans have restricted what you can invest in and there is a cost to administer plans and so a lot of times those funds were were being used were high expense funds that were subsidizing the cost of the plan so the employer wouldn't have to pay that cost directly out of pocket right and so um, for a much higher expense you were getting very little professional help and very little choice in terms of how to invest so you, you would certainly want to understand that wherever the money resides <laughs> that's true all right good stuff moving on to the next item here uh, realize that conflicts of interest exist financial professionals who recommend an ira rollover might earn commissions or other fees as a result well, that's certainly true it goes back to what you're just saying can you want to be sure you understand the fees involved in, in within your investments and that includes all your investments whether it's in an ira or 401k or wherever it is um go ahead yeah, I think there's certainly an incentive in all the commercials and um, from discount brokerage companies to banking institutions to financial advice, even fee-based advisors. Sure. There, there's a lot, of, a large motivation to capture the money that's from, especially from the baby boomer part of the population that is retire has been retiring and will continue for years. They want to capture that the, that asset base um, and. You have to be wary of blind recommendations to roll into their program because they may not be taking, are they taking the time to even evaluate what you've got over there? Um, or is it regardless? And with the role, are they, are they, is there a product that they're rolling you into particularly that there's a large commission waiting for them? Right. Um, or is it, is it a, a you know into a uh, how are they getting paid? Is it over years because they're charging some fee only structure or um, and then if that's the case again you as you always point out you need to understand the total cost you know um, of all all expenses incurred not just well the four hundred one k isn't assessing or deducting any management fees from my balance but they may be having funds that are really expensive for example. Mm-hmm. So it, a lot of times you really have to dig into that to understand. And the way you can start with the conflicts of uh, interest issue here is just to whoever's making that recommendation to really understand how they how they are being compensated um, if you do make that rollover per their suggestion. Yeah, I think it uh, goes along with that. If you understand how this person that's helping you is compensated, I think it's also important to know what the alternatives are. There are other ways of compensation, for example, for investment advice, and you may be only aware of one of them in your current dealing. So it's important to know what else you need to compare that to to see if it's a, it's a fair fair deal or not, basically. And there's a couple of ways in which that happens, but uh, I think if you ask the question, that'll be a good start. All right. Uh, understand fees and expenses. Uh, both employer-sponsored plans and IRAs involve investment-related expenses in plan or account fees, which we, we've already kind of talked yep. about. Compare investment options and other services. An IRA often enables you to select from a broader range of investment options than are available in an employer plan, uh, but, not, but might not offer the same options in your employer plan. So I guess that's another thing we kind of mentioned already. That's one good reason typically to, to roll over monies, um, to have 
have a greater choice in how things are invested. And usually what, how I turn, see that as a benefit is that you really can then select which costs are going to be the most diversified, or rather which funds are going to be the lowest cost, most diversified in your portfolio. And I also like the idea if you have several, for example, 401ks, maybe you've worked for 20 years and you've had you know, three or four different jobs over that period of time, it's nice to consolidate those into one place to make it easy for you to keep track of things and uh, make changes if necessary. Yeah, I think that's a significant consideration is just the, how, how are you able to manage the allocation of your investments yeah. and rebalance across varying accounts and sometimes having it in all in one location in one brokerage company, for example, can make that much easier than logging into separate um, companies Definitely and going right. through their policies and procedures of handling that. You've got to make it easy on yourself. And um, you know, there, there may be certain cases, and again, that's where I think you'd want to take a look, uh, where there's some guaranteed, uh, I know locally here there are um, certain large companies that offer a guaranteed fixed income uh, piece. Um, that may be a good deal for the fixed income portion of your account. So there may be some merits over time to keep a, uh, a particular, there may be a, a particular investment that's available in that 401k that we, you cannot get outside. And I, and I, I think that's a valid point you yep. need to think about. Okay, good. Um, engage in a thoughtful discussion with your financial or tax professional. Don't be shy about raising issues such as tax implications, differences in services and fees and expenses between retirement savings alternatives. If your financial professional recommends that you sell securities in your plan or purchase securities in a newly opened IRA, ask what makes sense. Ask what makes the recommendation suitable for you as with any investment. If you don't understand it, don't buy it. Yeah, I mean, it's a... That's a good start. I mean, asking why it makes sense or why is it suitable for you is a, a reasonable question. Um, I think you can kind of tell that a lot of times if I think if you, they've gone through the process of, of ascertaining it is what exactly you want to achieve with this in terms of time frame, understand your risk tolerance, what you need to have from the portfolio, uh, that'll help guide that as well. Any comments on that, Ken? No. I- All right. Uh, coming up in about one minute left of this segment, but we'll, I think we have time for just two more here. Uh, age matters. If you leave your job between age 55 and 59 and a half, you may, feel, you may be able to take penalty-free withdrawals from an employer-sponsored plan. In contrast, penalty-free withdrawals generally are not allowed from an IRA until age 59 and a half. Once you reach age 70 and a half, the rules for both traditional, uh, both traditional employer plans and traditional IRAs require the periodic withdrawal of, of a certain minimum uh, amounts, known as required minimum distributions. That's true. At age seventy and a half and beyond, you do have to take a, a specified amount out of those types of plans. Do you know what they're referring to, though, in this fifty-five to fifty-nine and a half age group? I, I haven't seen that much, to be honest with you. I, I'm a little confused by that. Um, not exactly sure. Okay, it'd so, be something worth uh, checking into, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll, we can take a look into that. Uh, under what circumstances do you can you make those types of withdrawals? We've got to take one last break, Ethan, for our last segment. Let's do that, and then we'll we'll get to our last uh, part of the program. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management. 
inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. In sales, are you a lion or a vulture? Lions don't wait. They just go for it. Vultures hang around until the lions are finished and just pick up the scraps. How can you set yourself apart as a lion? Join the other aspiring sales lions and listen to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with host Ty Maynard. You'll learn the tips and strategies of top sales professionals. You'll gain more clients at a faster rate and at higher margins. If you're a sales professional, business owner, or executive, listen in every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Okay, we're back. Empirical Investing Radio, your host here, Ethan Broga, alongside Ken Smith. Thanks for joining us today. This is our last segment of the show. Uh, we're just talking now about 10 steps to consider before a rollover. And we're actually on step number 10 here, and, uh, which reads like this. Assess the tax implications of appreciated company stock. Some retirement plans feature company securities, such as stocks, bonds, or uh, debt, other debt. And as with earnings on other investments, any increase in their value would typically be subject to ordinary income tax when you withdraw the securities from the plan. Uh, yeah, that's generally true. So something to be definitely concerned about. Um, it's always a good idea, I think, to evaluate or know the tax consequences of, of making changes within your existing investments, whether you're rolling things over or making changes within any any of your accounts. Um, over time, obviously, monitoring or minding taxes will help uh, keep more of that money working for you rather than being paid in tax. So certainly appropriate there. Um, and that does it for the list. You want to? Any comments? Final comments on that, Ken? Before we move on to some of the some other topics. Uh, no, no. I think you just need to consider your options. One of the biggest things I've seen uh, over the years that I've been doing this is people move on and they leave those four hundred one ks and they almost kind of leave those along with the old job. They forget about them. I, I think of all the mistakes that the, the or, or the ideas on that. The thing that I've seen the most is people say, "I have this four hundred one k and I." From and I haven't really done much or done anything or looked at it in ten years. Right. Just I just left it there, um, and I think that's probably the biggest mistake out of of any potential is just not um, just kind of leaving it behind like that was an old job and so on, and and not realizing that hey it's a very valuable and important part of your retirement savings, 
that really deserves the attention that any of the other more immediate things you're dealing with, uh, with your financial investments and things should. So I, that would be my conclu- concluding recommendation is, hey, if you're out there and you haven't looked at it, doesn't mean you have to roll it over. just means take a look and understand. Um, and a lot of times people don't know what the, when I ask them, well, what are you invested in? They don't know. Sure. Uh, what are the options? They don't know. Um, and certain other processes around the, the plan because they feel a little disconnected from it since they're not with the current employer. Right. Um, where they are far more familiar with their accounts that they have in their, under their direct control or their advisors managing in, a, right. in a, an account. So, I have one more point on that. Just to, as you were speaking there, I was thinking of another situation that I come across pretty frequently when I, I make recommendations, for example, on 401ks, which we do for clients on a regular basis. That's included in our, our overall analysis. <clears throat> yeah. I will say, hey, make sure you, you move your current investments and your future contributions to the following allocation. Because <coughs> uh, there are really two steps there. You have, A, you can change the mix of your current investments, and you can also change the mix of your future, future dollars being invested. And they can be substantially different. So I actually came across this yesterday with a, 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 a brand new client who came in and, and we evaluated his 401k. And the current mix was, was reasonably okay, had a lot of diversification, which is fine. But the future dollars were set to, guess what, to be 100% in bonds. So they weren't exactly the same. So I, I make sure that you know uh, where your current investments are in terms of the allocation and where your future dollars will be allocated is my main point. That's great. Great advice, Ethan. Ethan, I, you know, I was reading in the Financial Planning Journal, um, exciting stuff, I know, but um, <laughs> relevant nonetheless. Indeed. And, I've had an ongoing project in developing um, a retirement uh, program to help investors uh, provide a different way of helping build a what I call a dynamic um, approach, a dynamic income distribution approach to their retirement. Uh, You work very hard, you save all this money, and one of the biggest challenges in the end is how do I get it out? and do so in a very prudent way. And in mm-hmm. there's studies and studies that evolve. Um, the work on this isn't done. And, and part of the, the tricky part is that a lot of that is predicated on the returns that you can get with the money you've accumulated. An annuity can be a very simple way of handling it because uh, you, you know what the return is, basically. You know, a lot of people like that. I mean, look at the, especially every market downturn we have, the amount of, of people in retirement that turn towards these annuities. And, and really, in a lot of cases, uh, forego the return opportunity, the opportunity to control their, the liquidity of controlling their assets and also leaving a legacy. They give that up for the certainty part of it. And, and when we've looked at it a lot of times, we might say, well, Jesus is... This is an expensive thing to do, but there is a, a huge amount of value on certainty of not running out of money. And, and I think that's why you see that, um, particularly when every time the market gets, the stock market gets, gets uh, nervous or sideways. People are more interested in those, in those types of solutions. Well, one of the things that gets talked about uh, in a lot of the studies is, you know, the, the, the key factors, right, are, how much can I pull out if I have, um, if I've saved a million dollars? How much of that can I pull out a year without running out of money? Well, that requires 
additional analysis of what your tax liability is because where is it coming from and how we have to adjust the amount that you need by that. And there's a lot of planning that you can do early on to have that tax diversification. The other is how do I invest the portfolio? Uh, and the time and the air in which you are investing may have a big impact on the success rate or the opportunity to be successful. So the study in here, we won't have time to go through it uh, extensively today, but um, it's it's interesting because some of the empirical work that, that we've been doing in here on this idea of de- designing a retirement withdrawal, a portfolio that um, is dynamic in terms of how you invest it over your lifetime, it changes, mm-hmm. um, and how you address getting your income in a framework or a structure that I think hopefully provides the the retiree with the greatest probability of not running out of money, but yet maintaining the freedom and the, the benefits of managing your own liquid bucket of assets versus converting it all into an annuity, for example, mm-hmm. at historically low rates that are being applied to these annuities. Uh, and what this study was reducing retirement risk with a rising equity glide path. And traditional thought has been that you start with some allocation and uh, uh, rules of thumb uh, in the past have been as you, uh, the, the older you get, the less you have in, in stocks, for example. Uh, your, you know, your age could match your, your allocation of bonds is, is a simple old rule. Yeah, sure. Uh, and so in a lot of plans, it's either that, that we've seen traditionally, it's you start at some allocation, you stay there throughout retirement, you just keep rebalancing it, or or you start at some allocation and it gets more conservative. But it's a lot more complicated. And the study here says, well, what if you started at a, at a conservative allocation, something like 20 or 30% stock, and actually increased it over your lifetime? And what they found are some interesting results. And they found that the success rate in this study uh, of, of, of that actually went up. The, the rate of success that you would have by starting conservative and getting more aggressive in terms of what your portfolio's equity allocation was. Mm-hmm. And, and I found that very interesting. And there's some really good reasons that we've come upon in our own research as to why that happens. Um, and I was thinking maybe we'll start next program with this discussion. I think it sounds uh, good. Because I think a lot of people struggle with with uh, how they get their income. Or they sacrifice. Maybe they get it, but they, they sacrifice the lifestyle or they sacrifice the legacy they could leave. Uh, a lot of people I've met, uh, Ethan, where it's, well, I know I've, I bought CDs, for example, and so I've got plenty of income. I don't, I don't need a balanced portfolio. I don't need help. I, but they are sacrificing something by that narrow-minded position sure. um, in, in what they're doing. So... Uh, we'll, we'll we'll save the the nuts and bolts of this process um, for next week. And also, I was reading a, you know, just a, another study about what we know about small cap investing. I'll, I mean, we, we'll lead in next week with that. As Sounds well. good. I think that's about all the time we have. We're running out. So uh, thanks for tuning in. And again, if you want to talk to us throughout the week and reach Ethan or I here at Empirical Wealth Management at, at 1-800-923-4307. You can shoot me an email, ksmith at empirical.net. Thank you and have a great week and uh, we'll, we'll be back again next Thursday. 
We hope you've enjoyed Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and Ethan Broga. Please join us again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And for more information about Empirical Investing Radio, please call 800-923-4307. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.